Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. This is Trevor Cummings, the author of the Thoughts on Money blog, and, of course, your host of this podcast. We created this podcast as an opportunity to take a deeper dive into the weekly writings, and also, as the author, give you a little perspective of why I wrote it and kind of maybe the deeper meanings behind some of this stuff. So without further ado, let's talk about our article for today, which is titled, Expect the Unexpected. Now, last week, we talked a lot about basketball. And through a crazy roundabout analogy, I was able to take my favorite sport, basketball, and lead us back to finance. Today, I'm going to take you to my favorite movie. And we're going to talk about maybe a scene, maybe my favorite scene in my favorite movie that we can relate to finance. So tell me, have you ever seen Goodwill Hunting? If you have, just hearing that, you're probably thinking, yes, that is a great movie, probably in your top five. And uh, I love that it has Robin Williams. We lost him, and I appreciate so many of his films, and I think he did a great job in this flick. So Matt Damon, Robin Williams, Mini Driver, The Afflecks, both brothers, Ben and Casey. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I would suggest you watch it. Now back to what I was saying, there's this particular scene that I think is probably the most impactful scene in the whole movie. You understand that uh, Matt Damon, the character he plays, Will Hunting, kind of a troubled kid, uh, a little bit of a savant, genius. He's answering these questions to these impossible math equations on a, a blackboard outside as he's working as a janitor. The teacher's trying to figure out who solves these problems. And they find him and they want to basically resource him to solve all these complex math equations for uh, the defense, for NASA, for all these different places because he has this unique talent that you don't find anywhere. What he also has is a really tough background. Uh, It sounds like he came from multiple foster homes, abuse, and things like that. So part of resourcing him for some of these math studies is he's doing these counseling sessions and one after another, he keeps basically, I don't know, you want to call it firing his counselors or his counselors don't want to work with him because uh, he's one tough cookie. Uh, He's a tough egg to crack. Well, he builds a relationship with Robin Williams, who is one of the counselors. And even after a lot of sessions and they're building a friendship, there's not a lot of breakthrough, a lot of relationship, but not a lot of breakthrough. And at the climax of this movie, what I'm talking about this moment is Robin Williams kind of realizes that Mr. Will Hunting has been carrying this burden and blaming himself for a lot of the pain from his past. And Robin Williams in the session just starts telling him, it's not your fault. And uh, Matt Damon, Will Hunting kind of backs up and you can feel that that wall is coming up and, and Robin Williams is trying to break through that wall. So he's saying, hey, it's not your fault. And he kind of says those words over and over again uh, until uh, it ends up in the two embracing each other and Will Hunting in these deep, deep tears because those four words of it's not your fault were so meaningful to him because this young man had thought all this pain he had experienced was driven by something that he did. And when I watch that scene, not only do I feel every single emotion that those actors are trying to get across. But I'm also reminded of this truth that humans are deeply emotional. 
you have this young man that is perhaps more intelligent than anybody in the world. That's that's how they're touting him. And he leans on his logic and his reasoning and his mathematic skills and his humor as kind of a defense mechanism and to defer kind of this deep down pain and these tender emotions that he has. And I think that relates to finance so much. We try as hard as we can to read every white paper to understand we know the math backwards and forwards, understand all the historical data so that we can craft this perfect plan. But then we forget it's more than math. We're dealing with people. We're dealing with people's goals and aspirations. We're dealing with people's dreams of retirement and their grandkids going to college. These are deeply emotional things. And I think if you as an investor don't recognize that, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And this article is about two things. It's one, let's recognize that we do have emotions. That's how we're wired. And secondly, let's recognize that our environment matters so much. We have to create an environment that is conducive for success as an investor. One example I use in here is... I don't think anybody would say that uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, also known as AA, is not an amazing organization. Not only have they beat the test of time that they still exist and they're helping people to get away from um, their own personal demons of alcoholism and things of that nature, but they also have very memorable uh, things in the 12-step program and other things to help people get back on the right track. And and one thing that I've heard them say before is that there's this acronym that they use and it's called HALT, H-A-L-T. And as the word, it, what it means, right, is that you have to stop, HALT, don't do anything. But what does it stand for? It, it stands for if you are hungry, H, angry, A, lonely, L, or T, tired, you got to HALT. You got to be really careful because when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that is creating an environment there's a good chance you're going to make a bad decision. Now, we might not have the the perfect gimmicky acronym for finance, but I want to tell you that that truth exists in the world of finance for you as an investor. You have to understand that there are certain environments um, that are not conducive for your success, and you have to halt and be really careful. Now, with investing, so much of this battle is fought internally. It's fought in your mind. And where I want to draw your attention to so much of it actually revolves around your expectations. And that might not be intuitive or obvious, but let me take you down and kind of explain what I mean by that. If, and actually here, let's go this place. You've heard this before. Somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, over the last hundred years, the stock market has averaged a 9% return. And that tickles your ears. You're like, I love the idea of a 9% return. So you set aside some allocation of your money that you feel comfortable with and you begin investing in stocks. But what happens? We don't experience average returns. We experience whatever returns happen in that particular year. And if you've been an investor for a long time, you know what the stock market does. Sometimes it's well above average, well above your expectations, and sometimes it's well below average, below your expectations. I know a lot of us experience that in the month of March one of the worst months in market history. So you have some relative idea that you're not always going to experience average. So what is it about expectations? Well, if you don't set your expectations 
at the right level and an understanding of what could or should or might happen, you're setting yourself up for constant disappointment. Disappointment is an emotional word. So if I set that expectation that I have in my mind, I'm going to get that 9% average return. And I'm hearing that in a way where the first year I invest, I'm either going to get 9% or better. And maybe if it's not 9%, maybe it'll be 7 or 8%, but it's going to be positive. Well, if I build that expectation, what happens when the market is down 20%? That's deflating. Mm-hmm. It's very disappointing. Definitely. And it begins to build this idea of regret. Like, man, the system is rigged. I shouldn't have done this. I expected one thing and I got something different. So you start to learn how important expectations are. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is you should sit down with your advisor and you guys should talk about worst case scenario. Hey, with how my portfolio is allocated, what does an Armageddon-like scenario look like? Could this portfolio go down 30%? Historically, has this portfolio ever had a year when it went down 30%? A portfolio that's allocated like this? What is the worst we've ever seen and what was that environment like? What did the recovery look like? And in finance, we like to use percentages a lot. And I encourage that. Get an understanding of, of what things are in percentage terms. But I want you to take it one step further. Start asking the question of what it looks like in dollar terms. If you have a $3 million portfolio, you could say it you know, went down 20% and maybe that rolls off the tongue. But it might have a little bit of a different impact if you said, hey, the value changed by negative $600,000. And that might evoke a little bit of a different feeling. In reality, you're not going to open a statement that shows you where your portfolio is in percentage terms to its normal or maximum value. You're going to look at a dollar amount. And if the last statement said $3 million and this statement is saying $2.4 million and you didn't expect that ever to happen, that can cause an issue. And when we get in those emotional states of mind, Going back to AA, that's why they have that halt thing because they're saying, hey, be careful. Don't make a decision when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired because usually it'll be a knee-jerk, reactionary, emotional decision that you'll regret. Same thing here. When you have that disappointed feeling or the investments didn't live up to your expectations, I'm saying halt. Be really, really careful. So that conversation with your advisor is going to be so, so important so that you guys can get on the same page of what a worst-case scenario looks like. So I would say that the moral of the story is really to set those expectations and, and understand what best and worst case scenario looks like. That way, when those things happen to you, you're not going to be surprised by it, right? Surprises are usually not something we welcome, especially negative surprises. And the other thing I want to kind of wrap this discussion up with, and we talked about it a little bit in the article, is I want to provide you with my own it's not your fault comment. I have a lot of advisors. Uh, actually, let me correct that. I have a lot of clients. Some clients used to be advisors, so I guess that would work. But I have a lot of clients that come to me with kind of their head down, their shoulders forward, and they're carrying this big level of burden or regret. 
and they're they're mad at themselves for a decision they made and kind of what the market was doing in their particular portfolio. And I want to say to them, it's not your fault. When we invest, we are trying to make wise decisions, but we understand that the environment that we're working with, with what the federal government's doing, with coronavirus, with different financial matters, geopolitical that are above and beyond our control, we can't let those things burden ourselves and, and, and think, man, it's our fault. We shouldn't have been invested. We should have went to cash, different things like that. You can only control the controllables. And when it comes to financial planning, I tell clients this a lot. It's not a game of darts. You are not going to hit bullseyes. It definitely is a game of horseshoes where you want to get as close as you can to the stake, but you understand that you're going to have to pivot and adjust and your plan is going to be ever-changing as the environment around you changes. And that aligns really well with expectations, right? Because your expectations should be that you're not going to be able to forecast the future, that unpredictable things are going to happen, but you have a war chest of different tools and tactics and strategies and wisdom and experience. And you're going to go to that tool chest, that war chest, and grab those different um, items to basically employ in these different situations. And you know that what you think is going to happen is not exactly how it's going to happen, but you're totally prepared for that. That is the core of financial planning is that idea of adaptability. So, I'm going to wrap us up here and say, if you haven't seen Goodwill Hunting, please go out and watch it. Such a great movie. If you love it too, you're welcome to send me an email at tcummings at thebonsongroup.com and share that. Uh, I'm sure it's in your top five. Uh, maybe there's another movie that you like that might relate to finance in some way or another. Go ahead and send it over. I would love to hear from you. We also appreciate it when you're willing to rate the podcast. Thank you for joining us for this Thoughts on Money podcast. And we will be back next week with another article from Tom. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.